Well, hello and welcome to yet another week of Man Buns and Jesus. Uh, I know that many of you wish that we would stop, but we refuse because remember, you can't tell us what to do. Uh, this is episode 14 per our counting uh, of our podcast, episode 13 of Man Buns and Jesus, because, you know, we like to rename things and you can't tell us what to do. Um, Seeing as we're in a feisty mood, Josh, what are we talking about today? What are you talking about? We're never in a feisty mood. Um, <laughs> well, that's a not a characteristic lot. of this podcast at all. Um, uh, I'll take confession later. So today, and for those of you listening, you got to stick with me through the whole explanation of this topic. Because I know if I were listening to this introduction, I would get about five words in and I would stop the podcast. Because it's going to sound really philosophical, but it's not. It is. This is a, a, a conversation grounded in practicality because neither Ben nor myself have enough time to diddle around with philosophy. Ain't nobody got time for that. So what we're talking about today is how, how guilty you are based on how far down the chain a sin took place. Okay. And, and a practical example of this is, um, is with Bitcoin, the cryptocurrency. Um, you don't have to know anything about Bitcoin to get this example, but the example is can a Christian in good conscience use Bitcoin, even knowing that somewhere down the line, Bitcoin succeeded and has succeeded because it is a currency that can be used on the dark web without being traced to buy and sell things that Christians should not be buying and selling. So are you guilty participating in blockchain or participating in Bitcoin because somewhere down along the line, someone did things they shouldn't have using or involved with that? Another example is, can we in good conscience buy clothes from companies that use child labor or use sweatshops, things that we should probably not be supporting, right? So the, the core of this question is how, how far down the chain of whatever we're talking about do you have to check where you would be culpable for, I guess, in some way supporting someone else's sin? Um, and this is a this is a question that has come up in in a couple different contexts in in my congregation. Uh, for those of you who are new to the podcast, I'm a pastor out in Southern California, and uh, I've had people come up to me and they're like, "Well, I'm I'm thinking of doing this, but I know like somewhere down along the line, someone committed a sin to get to where that thing is." Um. So that's kind of the question at hand. Um, and I think it's really hard to deal with because I am of the belief that if you follow really anything back far enough, someone met, like someone did something they shouldn't have done, like take medical advances. You know, at some point, pro someone probably did some unethical research. And that might not have been in the direction, like take it, for example, the, the COVID vaccines, right? Their supply chain 
is fairly free, at least as far as I'm aware, is free of ethical problems for Christians, right? Like, uh, I, I believe the, the Catholic Church cleared several of them, you know, no fetal testing, no, no unethical testing on people, right? But foundationally, the idea of vaccines is founded on this idea that years and years and decades ago was founded on unethical research, right? They said, hey, I wonder what happens if. Mm-hmm. So we have to deal with this, you know, and I think if, uh, you know, the fact that we can set your bones or a lot of modern surgery, you know where it comes from, right? <laughs> it comes from experimentations the Nazis did in concentration camps because they had absolutely no qualms about experimenting on people. And while it was terrible, they learned a lot, you know, and we didn't throw out that information in our own pursuit of medicine. So I think I've established the problem and given absolutely no solution on how to deal with it. So you want to take that part, Ben? (laughs) (laughs) It's a simple simple question. No, I think think that's a a fair question to ask because no matter what path you wander down, you're going to run into some sort of ethical problem. I mean... Um, anyone who has to take an interstate to work on any given day, you are driving down something inspired by Nazi design. Um, anyone who enjoys a candy bar, chances are that at least part of the chocolate used to create that uh, included some pretty unethical labor practices uh, somewhere along the line. Um, if you enjoy coffee, there's all sorts of problems in the coffee industry. Uh, if you wear clothes, which I hope is all of you, uh, there's all sorts of problems in the clothing industry. Um, Just so breathing oxygen, you're probably okay. I don't think trees commit any sins doing that exchange. Do you know how many falling trees kill people every year, Josh? <laughs> Dang it, you're right. <laughs> oh. Also, <laughs> like you can how get- did Jesus die? Well, I don't blame the tree on that one. <laughs> anyway, so the the question is a good one. And uh, Chris, welcome to the podcast. Um, <laughs> Josh's wife jumping in for a second. Um, Bring me a protein shake. So yeah, doing the I, Lord's work. I really doubt this protein was ethically sourced. <laughs> Although with how much I paid for it, it might have been. Yeah. Uh, so basically, like, no matter what industry you're getting into, you're probably going to run into some sort of ethical. Um, and I, and think, I think. Go ahead. I, I was just going to say, I think at some point you have to be willing to balance your need to feed and clothe yourself and survive with uh, a cost thing, because no matter Generally, the Bitcoin uh, conundrum aside, generally, the the more you want to uh, really try and find something that's fair trade or um, uh, environmentally uh, sustainable or... Is quote-unquote um, ethically sourced from start to finish. Exactly. Yeah. The more you want to find something ethically sourced from start to finish, the more expensive it's going to be. Unless you grow vegetables in your own garden in the back, 
using compost from i don't know yeah like unless you like grow food yourself you're probably going to run into some sort of ethical dilemma and so you have to find that like balance point yeah well and i think i could be wrong um but i think if if we were to ask this question 50 or 100 years ago the answer for a lot of people would be very simple it would be you are only guilty for your own actions right Mm -hmm. um like you're not responsible for someone um someone who found who's selling you something that fell off a truck right but i think we're we're at a place culturally now where you're not just guilty for the things you do but you're guilty for the things that you support which i think to a certain extent makes a lot of sense right because like to to take kind of an extreme example if you give money to Al-Qaeda, you're not committing any war crimes, but they probably are, right? And I would say that you have supported, you, you, you are now culpable in the war crimes that they're doing with your money. Um, so I think it's something that kind of comes along with uh, how interconnected society has gotten. But the question remains, like, so we're saying, yeah, you're, you're probably culpable if you've directly given money to someone who's then doing something really bad with it. But like, if I'm buying clothes from a company who buys clothes from a factory who doesn't really care about child labor laws, like, I, I'm indirectly supporting them because I'm not helping drive them out of business, but... It's like the, the line somewhere is getting muddy, right? Because the other extreme is I don't support anything that anywhere in the chain is unethical. And in practicality, I, you almost have to go to an Amish extent of things where like you do everything yourself or from your neighbors and you kind of cut yourself mm-hmm. off from anything. And I would say even technology, right? we're not talking about like the the process of building technology, but if you're watching a TV show that is sponsored by a, by uh, they have a commercial for clothes that are unethically sourced, like you're get you're like roundabout going back to you're supporting them in some way. Mm-hmm. So it's, <laughs> there are two extremes here and I think, we got to, where's the, where's the happy medium? Where's, where's mm-hmm. the faithful place to be in the middle? Um, I think, so my brain goes to two different places. One, for those of you hearing this and, and thinking to yourself, wow, that, that idea of you're really only culpable if you're the one that actively buys something from somebody else and it's, it's giving that person you know, some sort of undue gain, like Josh's example of buying something that fell off a truck. Um, I saw a funny video a couple of days ago of uh, a guy that found out he had accidentally bought a truck or a a TV that a crackhead had stolen um, because when he turned it on, it was programmed to play the McDonald's 24-hour menu. Um, (laughs) You know, like, it's kind of humorous. 
And the guy didn't know. He genuinely didn't know that that's what he'd done. It turns out he's but, like, that's a weird channel to have on. Right, exactly. Uh, but like, you don't want to knowingly do that. And um, I, I think scripture kind of gives us a, a way to, to, to process all of this because um, in, in, the, in the Pentateuch, uh, the first five books of the Bible, as God is giving his law to the people of Israel. He talks about the curses uh, of the people lasting longer than just one generation. And that for a number of sins, whole families were culpable or uh, in a, um, in a uh, situation of uh, adultery. Um, if you sinned against one member of a marriage, you sinned against both of them. Um, so there, there were a lot of situations where sin and, and the response, both the responsibility and the impact of it was spread over more people than just the person who was directly impacted. And, and so I think it's important for us to think about our impact on culture, society, uh, business in that way, that we are uh, more than one step, like we have to be concerned about more than just one step in the chain. Um, and so then as we get into like how we um, functionally do that, I think a big first step is to just uh, really be aware of the things that we have and how we use them. Um, a big part of what we can do to prevent, like a lot of these issues are, are driven by our desire to have everything that we need, right? Uh, or the latest and greatest. Um, you know, it's, it's nice to have a newer phone that, that does all the things you want it to do. It's nice to have, um, you know, a pair of pants that aren't starting to fray at the hem. It's nice to uh, have shirts that aren't slightly stained because you've worn them so much. You know, these things or are all good. because you wore them once and ate spaghetti. Classic mistake. Yeah, that's... Uh, Anyway, um, <laughs> I don't know where you to You don't want to stop there. and talk about Guillermo's Paradox? You know, just always wear red shirts when you're going to eat spaghetti. So I assume it's spaghetti night at your house, Josh. Um, for those of you listening to this podcast and not watching it, Josh is currently wearing a red shirt. Indeed I um, am. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so the, the summary of all of that is we can do a lot to um help with these ethical like situations by just slowing down the amount of stuff that we buy um if we buy less less of our money goes into ethically ambiguous or corrupt situations um and i think that can be one step of the puzzle but once we start needing like to actually purchase things um, it gets more difficult. Josh, you have any thoughts on that? Yeah. Well, I mean, the first is acknowledging that at some point, right, we you you ought to be buying something. Like, if your pants have ripped right down the back seat, you need new <laughs> pants. Okay. Like, so there's the. I mean, and I guess you could learn to sew and you could fix the pants, but at some point. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's okay to make a purchase, right? Mm -hmm. 
Um, and when you make those purchases, like there is an element to, you know, Ben was saying we want the latest and greatest. There is an element to you get what you pay for. So like if you do have to get a new phone, sometimes it's worth getting the more expensive one because you're not going to have to like you're going to have four years before you have to replace it, as opposed to you get the cheap one and you got to replace it four times. Um, Mm -hmm. So like we're not and this isn't a podcast about consumerism. We're going to do one of those eventually, but (laughs) this isn't the one. Um, mm-hmm. but what, it, what this is actually reminding me of is, uh, a reading assignment I had and I went through yesterday. Um, and the book is called, if you're interested, the book is called the, the Benedict option, which I had to read the whole thing. Well, almost the whole thing. And it's, it's good. I, I, it's a little bit of a heavy read. So if you're thinking, oh, this is a pastor book recommendation, it's like a half-hearted one. Okay. Don't read this unless you like really, really want to read it. Um, but he talks about one of the traps that Christianity has fallen into is we've completely left behind um, the asceticism of, of monks and of early Christians. And, and kind of a rough definition of that is um, a willingness to intentionally have less mm-hmm. or even a drive to intentionally have less. So to engage in practices like fasting, where you're intentionally going without food for an extended period of time, um, to kind of withhold material joys from yourself. Um and we're not aesthetics, aesthetes, whatever the word for people who practice this, it, like that's not part of Lutheran theology. And, um, but I think there's some value to us stopping and recognizing that, you know, we don't necessarily need everything that the culture around us needs. Mm-hmm. And, there's something to be said to in, intentionally disengaging from some of it. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the key is, is not to do it just for the sake of doing it. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's part of the problem you get into when you say, well, I am, I, I practice asceticism. It's like, why? Like with fasting, I, I, I think the practice of fasting, just so you say I'm hungry, like that's dumb. Um, fasting to, and you, you replace the time you would have spent making food or getting food and eating food with maybe prayer and devotion for, for a few days. I think that's a really cool thing that you can engage with or circling back to the, this podcast itself. If you say, you know what, I'm not going to have the latest car or I'm not going to engage in this latest trend, or I'm not going to get the, the absolute, I, I'm, you know, I'm not going to get the iPhone. I'm going to get uh, some other brand because, and, and you do it because of the ethical supply chain, I guess we can call it. Right. Mm-hmm. So when, when you start talking about that, I think you're right. I think we need to slow down. And I, I'm like, I'm, I'm not saying cut off everything right? Mm-hmm. I, that is not really practical. Um, but we, we can slow down and we can start to talk about it. And I think the balance point for this to kind of push to, to find us, well, you know, how are we going to find the middle? I think the balance point for this 
is to realize we're not nearly as important as we think we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is something that I've come across a number of times. Like just because you post someone something on Facebook does not mean that literally anyone cares about it, right? You're not going to change someone's worldview because you posted something on Facebook. And I, uh, a few years back, or I guess a couple, when, when the George Floyd um, situation and the, and the events after that um, transpired, I was a vicar. Ben and I were both vicars. Um, and I, I, I got some messages from people in my life who said, why haven't you come out on social media and made like made a statement about this? Mm -hmm. Because they're like, Oh, you're, you're in a position of authority or you're in a position of influence. And I was like, I think you're vastly over, overplaying how much people care about what I think. So all of this is to say recognize how minimal your impact actually is. Um, I think that part of our problem as, as a culture is we always look too big. Like we're like, I'm going to change the system. I'm going to change the world. And it's theoretically possible, right? Individuals have changed the world before, but I think what is much more likely is you change your circle of influence. Mm -hmm. So what I would encourage you to kind of balance this is be less worried about what the big corporation that makes literally everyone in the world's phones are like you deciding to get an Android instead of an iPhone because you have a problem with how Apple does business, which first of all, is probably the same way every other phone company does business. Um, They, they probably sell close to 50% of the phones in the world. You making the flip is not going to change their policy. But maybe at your grocery store, maybe, or maybe, and I've never seen, I haven't seen them out here, but you saw them in Georgia all the time. Maybe you stop and get some of your vegetables from the farmer who has a stand on the, on the corner instead. And yeah, you're probably going to pay a little more. Um, frankly, the vegetables are probably going to be better. Uh, so there's a balance point there. But what, what I'm saying is don't get so worried with these huge things outside of your control when we're thinking about, you know, what's the chain of how guilty am I? It's like, yes, if we're being totally honest, you carry some of the guilt for the things you buy, no matter how far removed you are, right? We, we, we deal with this. We're still guilty for Adam and Eve's sin. And we're about as far removed as humanly possible from them. Like you're culpable, but there's this reality, we have to come to terms with the fact that we can't absolve ourselves of, of all sin. That's why, that's why our faith matters, right? We believe in Jesus Christ because he paid for our sins. So what I would say with that, you know, don't be so worried about these big things that you are culpable for, but you can't do anything about. And the balance point is we should try at least to live as God would have us live. So in, in those zones where you do have an impact, that's where you say, well, I'm, I'm going to make this change, even if it means a sacrifice on your part for, um, for the virtue of this impact that I have, right? 
So that's kind of, those are two balance points that I think I would draw out if I'm trying to come to an answer on this and it's kind of vague, but that's what I, I'm thinking. Yeah, I and I think, you know, for me, the balance point is less on like uh, a uh, an ethical scale and more on like a monetary one. Because um, like there are certainly products on the market in just about every industry that are ethically less problematic. Um, they're like there are products where you can see the uh, the supply chain all the way back and know that they're paying a living wage to their an example uh, butcher box if you get your meat shipped in from butcher box every single piece of meat has a little barcode and you can scan and find out exactly what farm or fishery it came from mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I never do but it's cool that in theory I could mm-hmm. sorry continue. my my aunt works with a uh, nonprofit that has, they call it better than fair trade coffee, uh, where they partner with individual farmers uh, and buy their beans wholesale so that they know that they're the farmers that they're partnering with in Central America are getting a fair price for their coffee. Um, and it's a little bit more expensive, but it's good coffee. Um, and so like you can find some of these organizations that, that work to uh, promote more of a fair trade practice and and invest, you know, you're, you're going to buy, if you're a coffee addict like me, you're going to buy coffee anyway. You might as well buy it from somebody that you know is trying to ethically uh, so, like source their materials. Especially if um, you're financially supporting Ben's aunt. Uh, shout out to Aunt Sandy. Uh, We're not sponsored today. by um, the <laughs> No, not at all. Um, I can't even remember the name of the, the group that she works with. How could you? You know, we open the bag, it gets dumped into a candle jar for like freshness, and then I throw the way the bag and forget what the coffee company is called. My my source is my aunt. I don't go to their website. <laughs> anyway. Um, uh, so if you want well, this like, fair trade coffee, just Google Ben's Ants Coffee and you might get something. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, one of these, maybe for next week, I'll figure out what the company is called and uh, I'll shout them out on the podcast. But like, um, or you can, Josh's meat example, if you don't want to get a butcher box, uh, another way you can do it is you can find local butchers that that source their meat locally. Um, there's a lot of, especially if you live in a larger city, there's one almost everywhere. Um, if you're here in Michigan, I know a guy up in Frankenmuth. Um if you're yeah, in Michigan, like, there's a there's a fifty percent chance your neighbor will kill something and chop it up for you. Are you <laughs> That's fair. I mean, I have meat in my freezer that I got from my grandpa who went deer hunting this year. Um, you were, do you? This is, a, this is a total tangent. But do you remember Ben and I used to work for IT uh, at the seminary when Evan, who was our network admin, he came in. He said, "Guys, I killed a deer this weekend." I need to get rid of this meat. Like, do you guys have a place to take half a deer? And it's like, we live in dorms at the seminary. Where do you think we're going to keep half a deer? Are you kidding me? Uh, uh, yep, I do remember oh, if, that. If you need ethical venison, just talk to Evan. He, he's probably kind of ethical. Uh, no. Are you kidding? This is Evan we're talking about. Oh. He moved to the desert to work on an open source uh, 
merge project. Anyway, um, Evan, if you're listening to this podcast, we appreciated working with you. Uh, just upholding the oldest of traditions of making fun of you. Um, anyway, I, so I think like the, the balance point for me is you, you find a company that you, like you find the best company that you can afford and you invest in that. Um, you know, not everyone's going to be able to afford everything perfectly ethically, sustainably sourced. Um, that it's just not a reality for some people, especially if you're living. Um, I don't want to talk too high and mighty. It's not. It's not sustainable for me, right? Yeah, yeah. No, it, I'm. I'm. I get butchered by partially because it's it's cheaper in the end yeah. than most other ways of getting my protein. Yeah. So, like, we 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 have to make sacrifices uh, from time to time, but like, or not sacrifices. We have to make uh, decisions from time to time on where to invest our money. Um, but we can definitely try and find places to invest that uh, we can go that extra half step or that extra step to, to, to make a difference. And then I think the other thing is um, when it's coming to not food, because you can't really do this with food. Um, but when you're looking for like clothing or house supplies, check a thrift store. Um, like, if somebody I think buys it's, um, them, Levi's has a commercial. If we make better clothes, we need to buy new ones less often. And if we buy new ones less often, like we're wasting less. So yeah, I, I was just gonna say, like, if uh, uh, if somebody buys an unethically created T-shirt, wears it half a dozen times, and then realizes I don't like this anymore, and donates it to a thrift store. If you then go buy that that T-shirt and give it as much wear as it possibly get, um, like you're buying it to prevent it from becoming trash, basically. I'm probably um, supporting some sort of, of, I guess, good ethical work, right? Yeah, because a lot of the Often, thrift stores, their their money goes to employing the less fortunate or um, mm-hmm. job training or like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you can make those kind of decisions and like, you know, if you need paint clothes, that's an easy way to go to the thrift store. Go, go buy a a t-shirt that somebody already got paint on donated to the thrift store. Like you don't need to go get new clothes to go paint in. That's almost silly to me. Um, You met someone who does that? No, but I've kind of done that before and I was, I felt like an idiot after. Okay. So I was crawling under trailers in Nebraska to do insulation work and I didn't want to like destroy any of my existing sweatshirts. So I went out and got a $5 sweatshirt from Walmart. Okay. You needed like, and now I regret that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, It was like 40 degrees that day. So I needed something. I don't know. That, that seems reasonable to me. See, but I could have gone to a thrift store and used an old okay, fair, somebody fair. else had donated. So, like, it, it seems reasonable, but even there, I could have made an extra half step, and it probably would have been as cheap or cheaper to just go pick up a used sweatshirt. Yeah. Um, though my wife is now getting plenty of use out of that sweatshirt. It survived that day and uh, lives on. But, um, you know, it's, it's the little things that we can do along the way to help make these situations just a little bit less 
ethically interesting. Um, the one thing that we haven't really touched on in this whole conversation, though, is Bitcoin. Um, and Josh, you're segueing for me. I have good news for you because there is Dogecoin. There is. There is. <laughs> we should do a whole separate episode on crypto. Um, <laughs> and it would just be total nonsense. <laughs> I am, I am invested in Dogecoin and Shiba Inu and uh, Dogecoin Mars. <laughs> I got 1.5 million coins of, of Dogecoin Mars for less than a dollar. Oh, man. I, I told members of my church, if that, if that coin is ever worth literally just $1, I will buy us a new church out of pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so not to do you have anything you want to talk about Bitcoin or like was that the, so the I, joke you wanted to make is we should invest in Dogecoin instead? Um, I mean, yes, we should invest. In well, invest is instead, a strong but, word. Um, I I think the the whole crypto market to me is like there, there's enough problematic stuff in there that uh, if you can find one where they're actually like trying to do things more above board great you can invest in that i don't see much problem with that but like bitcoin especially there's enough ties to uh crime and uh certain things being purchased on certain corners of the internet that uh, i think it's and probably most better of the people to avoid listen to this, this podcast point. won't even know how to get to which is good yes and if you try uh, i will find you and i will reprimand you strongly using the word of god bad <laughs> um yep yep we're gonna move so before we get to our like our close up there's something these were shower thoughts oh boy based on this kind of like this train have you seen you've seen john wick right yeah you can't be a friend of mine and not have seen john wick at this point um so in John Wick, for those of you who don't know, the criminal underworld has their own currency. They're gold coins that are minted by the high table, which is like the supreme crime overlords. And that's so John, you see John Wick using them for his hotel stay at the Continental. You see him uh, buying a bulletproof suit with them. You see him buying all sorts of fun guns with it. Um, he, he hires the guy who cleans bodies for him with these coins. Um, and I was thinking, I was like, what if we had a church coin? Right. What if, you know, as we receive, um, as we receive offerings as church, like global churches, as we receive offerings, we, we use that to buy silver or whatever, whatever we choose, we want to mint the coin out of. And it's, they're minted into coins. And with those coins, like that's how the church does business. And the, the marker of accept, like anyone who accepts those coins is on that wavelength. So that would, that would help Claire, first of all, this would help the church be less tied to, we need money to do it because what you're doing is you're then you're creating a network of people who said, 
we want to support the church. So we're going to accept these coins. So the church, you know, when I need, when I need sandwiches for a Super Bowl party, I don't go to Subway. I go to some mom and pop shop that accepts the church coin. And I mean, it's, it's completely impractical and like, yeah, I was gonna say the Catholic Church is the God. only in, is the only church in in the world with the institutional power to actually <laughs> even think about accomplishing something like that. But it was something I was thinking about. I was like, we a lot of the problems that we have could be helped by doing something like you could you could the there's the the ethical supply chain. There's um, you know, you're less reliant for, I mean, you're less reliant on the, the, the policies of, of whatever government is dealing with the economy, right? Probably inflation proof, which would be nice. So that's, that has very little to actually do with the episode other than it would give you like a marker for this is like a faith safe supply chain. Right, you don't have to be guilty for shopping here, I guess. But uh, shower thoughts. Plus, it's super cool when John Wick is like, "Here's my gold coin. Give me my gun." Like a secret currency for the church. That'd be pretty dope. I'd be down. Are you okay if it's a cryptocurrency? I'm okay with. I might. I might. I might know someone that could work up. I wouldn't be opposed to it being a cryptocurrency. Okay. Of course, the average, like the mom and pop shops that would accept a church coin, I don't envision them being really hip on crypto. So we'd That's have fair. to we'd have to leap that hurdle, but church coin. Anyway, so uh takeaways for today. I'm starting off. Uh I've got a serious one and a funny one. My funny one is I'm gonna get Brendan Harrell working on a uh church-based uh cryptocurrency um who we can debut it at best practices yes i like that it's probably not this year's best practices though uh, next year let's be next honest year. it's it's gonna take at least a year uh, and then my realistic one is uh the 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 thing that we're gonna do is not necessarily change people's mind or change the world uh wholesale but we can make small steps, small investments, and we can have a small scale impact on the way that people look at the ethics of, you know, purchasing an item. And my, I guess, almost like a tension keeping takeaway. Um, my funny takeaway is I want a church cryptocurrency, I guess. <laughs> but, but the real takeaway I, I, I would love for you to pull from this is balance Ben's takeaway with the with a, just a sober, realistic look at what your impact actually is. So especially when you're making decisions on where am I going to make my investment in, you know, supporting more ethical practices, maybe you consider where is my, where am I actually going to make a difference? So um, recognize the limitations of your own influence and importance. Not saying that any of you aren't super important, but really no one recording or listening to this podcast is that important. So um, some prayer thoughts for today. Uh, pray for, you know, 
the Holy Spirit to do work to lead people to live more as God would have them live. Um, that's a really easy one. And uh, thank I think Thanksgiving is due. So pray a prayer of Thanksgiving that we, we are living in a society where while it is becoming more difficult to find things that are totally removed from ethical questions, um, it's also a society where it's, it's maybe more easy to explore some of those things. So there's some good, there's some good with it and we can give thanks for that. Anything else, Ben? Nope. And I still can't find my, my aunt's, uh, Coffee connection. Maybe next time. I'll I'll see if I can find it by the time the episode comes out. We can put it in the description. Yeah. As always, if you have questions, uh, reach out to one of us. We're always happy to talk uh, about man buns or Jesus. Although I don't think either of us has a man bun up this week. Mm. Much to our shame. Um, We'll get there. And uh, please subscribe on whatever platform you uh, you do watch and like shameless. For, I mean, it's great because it reminds you when these episodes come out, but it gives us some indication that we're not just talking to ourselves here, um, which is, is good. So <laughs> with that shameless, uh, shameless request, brothers and sisters, go in peace, serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.